Well, I thank God for the mountains. And I thank Him for the valley. I thank Him for all the storms He's brought me through. Anybody testify to that this morning? Find yourself in a place that you didn't think you could ever get free from. But today you're still standing. How and why is that possible? It's because of Him this morning. I'm so thankful this morning for the presence of the Lord that I sense in this room. I'm thankful for the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit in this room this morning as well. I pray today that in this season of your life that you will do one thing and that is this trust in him and him alone for in him there is wholeness he doesn't just touch us but he delivers us he doesn't just save us but he heals us this morning I'm thankful for that today aren't you I am glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning I am so thankful that you are here as well and we're going to do our best to minister to you for a few moments I do not have an easy assignment this morning but I will do my best to be found faithful in it and uh as those that are getting ready to go to class uh, are dismissed, uh, the high school girls, you will not be having class today. Uh, Sister uh, Cindy is uh, ill, and we want to pray for her, and, uh, and we're believing uh, for, for the Lord just to touch her. They're going to go with you? Okay, that's fine. You can go with Pastor Jade this morning, uh, teenage girls, if you would like to. Uh, so... Those in the sanctuary this morning, we are going to jump right into the Word today. And if you have your Bibles with you, Isaiah chapter number 42. I'm going to give some references to other places. I am not going to teach or preach a traditional message this morning. I am going to share with you some things that probably you don't want to hear today. Uh, but before I begin, what I'm getting ready to share with you in this house is not to bring fear or anxiety to any individual. It is not to make you sit and wring your hands and worry. That is not the attempt of what my assignment is this morning. But I am going to do my best to be obedient to what God has put in my spirit. If you was to read the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse number 1, you would find these words. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. This morning, 
we are closer now than we've ever been to the return of the Lord. Some of you have heard it for years that he is coming. Let me just make this statement one more time. He is coming back for a blood-bought church without spot and without blemish. And we know that there's many things that leads up to that moment in time. We can read and talk of a great falling away. We can talk about a last day harvest. We can talk about the latter rain being greater than the former. All of those things are things that are transpiring in some way, shape, or form, even at the very present moment of time. So this morning, I am going to deal with not the nations of the world, even though we could talk much about them, and we are instructed to go uh, to the uttermost parts of the world proclaiming the gospel message. But this morning... I am going to do my best to share with you what God has placed in my spirit concerning the state of the union of this great nation that we call home. In just a few weeks, the President of the United States will possibly be delayed, but if not delayed or pushed back, February the 4th, he has received an invitation to go to the House of Congress and deliver what we are known as the State of the Union Address. It is an address that is given. Uh, it is something that is required by the articles of our Constitution where the President gives a report of the condition of the State of the Union. He is required to do that annually. And uh, for many years it was done in written form, but then it was changed and every President for the last many, many years has always done it in person. And he will stand and he will make a proclamation about the economic success and the challenges. He will make a statement and a, a, present the condition of our military and many things. But also he will share the challenges and the most pressing matters in his opinion of what needs to be dealt with for our nation concerning the task at hand. Just like that needs to be done in the natural, it also has to be done in the spiritual realm. Because we are to be men and women that are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we know this, I believe every one of us in this room understands that we do not fight against flesh and blood. But we do fight against spiritual wickedness in high places. And uh, this morning, I want to take us on a journey. How in the world I'm going to do it, I don't know, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, and uh, you're going to hear some things that are not really exciting, but I pray that you do hear some things that are exciting as well. But I want to begin in Isaiah 42, uh, and I want to share with you beginning in this passage of Scripture in verse number 6 through verse number 10, through verse number 9 rather. And it says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold your hand, and I will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, 
neither my praise to graven images. He says, behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, however, I tell you of them. Now, I, you may ask, why are you reading that this morning? Is today, I want us, first of all, to understand that no matter where we are or what we find ourselves in, the word of the Lord is very clear. He said, I've called you in righteousness, and he says, I will hold your hand. I will keep you. And he says, also, I will give a covenant. I'll make a covenant with you that I will open the blinded eyes. I'll bring the prisoners from the prison. And those that sit in darkness, I will bring them out of the prison house. But he goes on a little further, and he says, I want you to understand that I am the Lord. And he says, I won't share my glory with anyone and I will not allow my praise to be given to graven images. And he says, there are some former things that has already come to pass, but he says, I'm making a declaration that there's some new things that's coming, but he says, I will not let those new things come to you unaware, but I will show you them. Now, if you go into New Testament Scripture and you begin to read through the book of John, you will find that through chapter 14 and through in chapter number 16 that he talks about how it is important for him to leave and that the Holy Spirit would come and that he would uh, be sent in his name and that he would teach us all things and he would bring all things to our remembrance but he would also come and he would speak and teach us and show us things that are to come. And we find that it is very needful for us as men and women to understand that God is faithful to those that love him. So this morning, I'm going to share with you what God has placed in my spirit concerning where we are today. If you was to read in your Bibles, Genesis chapter number 41, I'm going to reference some just the story of it. It is talking about a time in history where there was getting ready to be a drastic change take place. We know that it deals with Joseph, who we find is in prison at this state in life. If you look to look at the life of Joseph, it is, uh, it is very symbolic of the life of Jesus himself, but most of you are familiar, but let me give it to you very quickly. At the age of 17, Joseph was given a robe uh, of many colors by his father, and he began to have some very strange dreams. We find that then shortly after his brothers was jealous, they sold him into slavery. We find that he was then uh, bald and he was taken into Potiphar's house. He was favored there, but then he was lied on by Potiphar's wife, and then he was imprisoned. After he was imprisoned, the king of that time had imprisoned his, uh, his baker and his butler, and uh, they began to have dreams. And while he was in prison, he interpreted their dreams. And it was this, one of you are going to be restored, one of you are going to, be, uh, uh, is going to lose your life. And it come to pass as he uh, interpreted their dreams that they had. We find after that, he sat in prison for two more years. And the chief butler that said, I will remember you uh, when I'm restored, forgot about him. But when you get to Genesis 41, 
you find that the king, uh, the Pharaoh, he had a dream, and the dream was simply he seen uh, uh, a group of kind that, uh, that came up that was healthy. And then he saw uh, another group uh, that came up out of the sea, and they was lean, they was, uh, they was malnourished, and then they gobbled up and destroyed those that was healthy. And then he awakened, and he was fearful, and then he goes back to sleep, and he has a second dream, and this time he saw healthy corn stalks and then he saw corn stalks that was not healthy and we find that they was devoured and he calls all of the men and uh, the, the, the wisest men of that day and nobody could interpret what was taking place but then the chief butler at this time in Genesis 41 he said I remember now today of my evil. I remember a time in my life when I was in prison, when you was not pleased with me, but there was a Hebrew boy, name was Joseph, and he was able to interpret the dreams that we had, and he was accurate in what he was doing. So Pharaoh sent and had him fetched from prison. And as he was fetched from prison, he came and he changed his garments and he shaves himself and he presents himself to the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh says, I've heard that you're able to bring revelation. And he said, I'm not able to do it, but God is able to tell you what you've seen or what you've experienced. And he begins to tell him the revelation of the dream that the Lord gave him. He said, the Lord has given you this dream. They are two, but they are one. Concerning that you're getting ready to come into a time where you're going to have seven years of plenty, but then after that, it's going to be seven years of famine. And he said, the Lord has showed you this twice because he wants you to understand that this is not just any word, but this is a word that has been established by God himself. Now, with that being said, I want to take us on a journey because the troubling of the Pharaoh that you read of in Genesis 41, I believe is symbolic of where we find ourselves today. The state of the union of this nation, men will tell you now currently that lots of things are wrong, but yet they try to put a good face on and they'll tell you that there's, man, it's, it's, it's a wonderful season. And I'm going to be honest with you today. There is some wonderful things. And I'm not a man of doom and gloom this morning, but I'm going to tell you this this morning. They're short-lived. We are in a place that, as a nation, we have not been here before. We're in a place where the church has got to awaken and realize that we are the ones that hold the key or the catalyst for what God is desiring to do in this very present moment of time. But I'm going to be honest and real with you. I'm going to take the covers off this morning, so to speak, and I'm going to give you the true state of the union, just give you a snapshot of where we are in the United States of America, a nation that has been the breadbasket of the world, a nation that has been a friend to the people that is the apple of God's eye, the nation of Israel, a nation that has sent more evangelists and missionaries that has won more people to the Lord than any other nation. A nation that has done some amazing things. But I want to show you how far that we have strayed from the foundation in which we have been established. First of all, I'm just going to run through some very uh, statistics very quickly and show you the true state of where we are today. 
according to the CDC. Alcoholism. Over 88,000 people die from alcohol-related deaths every year in America. More than 15 million struggle with alcohol addiction or alcohol disorders. More than 65 million Americans in the last 30 days report of having a binge drinking event in their life. Teen alcohol has kills at least 4,700 people every year. Drunk driving along in this nation costs this nation $199 billion every year. Drug use in this nation currently, according to the CDC, in the year 2017, over 72,000 overdose deaths in this nation. Put it in perspective, just under 200 every day. That number is higher in 2018 and 2019. 49,000 of those deaths was caused by those that was using opioids, and many of those was prescribed by doctors and physicians. Some of them not so. The three states that topped the tier in that is West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and our neighbors in Ohio. That is the most deadly places this morning. We find that abortion since 1973 in the United States last night, the meter was still running, 61,671,025, and it's still counting. It's over that this morning. On average, that means 2,500 babies are slaughtered in the womb every day. Notice with me, the first 10 days, if you want to look at it worldwide, just for a moment, the first 10 days of the year 2018, there was over a million babies that was killed in the first 10 days of 2018. We find that it is the second, uh, then we go to suicide. In 2016, over 1.1 million tried uh, to kill themselves in the United States of America. This is a very hard number to nail down because many of them are not reported. But we find that that translates to one individual every 28 seconds tries to take their life. It is the second leading cause of death for those that are between the age of 15 and 24. 8.6% of all high school students will try to take their life. If you take the boys out of the equation, that number is two times higher because girls are more likely than boys to try to end their life in this season. If you look at those that identify themselves as being gay or lesbian or bisexual in the high school age bracket, that number increases five times. Can I tell you, that's a large number of kids in our school that identifies themselves as that way today in our culture. We find that human trafficking, it is the modern day slave trade. We find that worldwide right now nearly, uh, actually over 24.9 million are in a place of bondage. Uh, many of that is because of sexual desires of evil men. We find that it is the modern day uh, slavery of men, women, and children. Currently in the United States alone, we have 63 thousand victims of human trafficking. The top five states for human trafficking is uh, California, Florida, Texas, New York, and our neighbors once again, Ohio. You say, why is that important? Notice with me, when it gets really real this morning, is that nobody talks about today is that of children uh, 
been sold for sexual pleasure in America. I'm not talking about the world, but I'm talking about America this morning. We find uh, that some estimates say that we are now at 1.5 million children that are being used as, uh, as chil- uh, children that are being used as sex uh, slaves and toys, more or less, in the United States of America. We find that the average age of the girls that are taken is between the age of 11 and 14. And if that is not bad enough, we find that some are sold into this slave trade as young as the age of four years old. Now, it goes further because we find that if they had 300,000 cases of measles, it would be considered an epidemic in this nation. But we have nearly now 1.5 million children, and it's not even a blimp on our Radar. We find that a gentleman by the name of Jacob Bowens, uh, he was a guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin on August the 11th uh, on the Fox News Channel, and he made this statement. In Texas alone, 77,000 children are forced to engage in sex for profit every day. 77,000 in the state of Texas alone. We find that money is the driving force of this behavior. Children's sex trafficking in the United States of America has become, get this, a $32 billion industry. To put that into perspective means this. The annual revenue that is made by Hollywood on motion pictures is only $11.1 billion. Now, we find that evil is spreading. Notice with me. We find that it is expected for this money to surpass even the drug trafficking revenue in the next two years in this nation. Sex traffickers has become just basically shrewd businessmen. We find that one of their favorite tools is social media. Mommies and daddies, hear me. If you have children, you need to understand. You need to watch what they're looking and what they're clicking on and what chat rooms they are visiting. Because we find those that are working in this industry, their greatest tool is social media and they are monitoring the chat rooms of these children. And when children are making statements such as this, my parents don't understand me or I feel so lonely, they instantly become a target. And then their response is this, I know how you feel, I understand what you're going through, And I think you're so pretty. Those are the three things that they are using and responding to your children to get them into a place where then they can begin to contaminate their mind and begin to bring them. They often use lavish gifts and begin to make them feel very special in order to bring them into a place. They are something that we have to understand. This is not a one and done thing, but we find that a drug trafficker, he gets his drugs, he sells them, then he has to go get more. But those in the sex trafficking industry, please hear me this morning, they get a child, they do not use that child one time, but they use that child over and over and over and over. And that one child is bringing them in a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year. That's why they're preying on your children. Such is the value that is placed on a child. Notice with me, how can this happen in the land of the free, in the home of the brave? America is supposed to be the beacon of 
hope this morning, many say. But for so many of our children, it has become a prison. It has become nothing more than a place of, of, of pain and suffering. Notice, as a nation this morning, we share in the blame of this activity. Especially the church, we share in the blame of this activity. Why do I say that? Is because we have allowed our moral foundation to slip away. The very things that we preached against and stood against, we now embrace and call acceptable in our life. Uh, we know that it has become, uh, this mindset has now become normal by many. In America, there is an organization, and the acronym for this organization is simply NAMBLA. It stands for this, North American Man and Boy Love Association. Please hear me. Another example of the radical ideals, uh, and, and I don't drop names, uh, but I have proof this morning of this particular name, and I'm not attacking them. I'm just exposing this individual. In the United States Supreme Court, we currently have a justice by the name of Ruth Ginsburg. She was formerly an attorney for the ACLU, and she openly advocated in years past uh, to lower the age of consent for sexual relations to the age of 12 years old. Uh, meaning this, that anyone that is engaged in any type of relationship sexually with a 12-year-old could not be prosecuted uh, and it would not be something that was looked at in a, in, a, in a detrimental way. Today, we find that Americans are continually talking about gun control. They'll do anything to stop gun violence, uh, all of this stuff. But it seems unwilling to face the reality uh, that our greatest treasure, our children, are being destroyed in our very view. Now, does it sound very promising? Does it sound very encouraging, right? The reality is it should disturb us this morning because our children, if they are lucky enough to be restored or brought back to their families, many of them oftentimes, through all of the hardship, if they are still caught up into this industry at the age of 18, they now are being looked at and prosecuted as, as prostitutes instead of victims. That's how upside down our view has come concerning life in this nation. Now I say all of that this morning to say this, that in my time of prayer at the beginning of this year, and you can do whatever you want to with this this morning, it may not minister to many, but I pray that it ministers to some, because there must be an awakening within this nation. And I'm not talking about a political revolution, but I'm talking about there has to be an awakening within the walls of the church in America where men and women once again become willing to stand for truth. We find that much of the troubling that started in Genesis 41 when Pharaoh began to experience what he experienced. We find that the word of the Lord was faithful. And we find that all throughout scripture God has always used men and women to bring about a message we find that Ezekiel was commissioned to be a watchman on the wall. We find that Daniel was given revelation of things to come. We find that John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos, when he was left for dead, had an encounter with, he got the revelation of who Jesus really was and of the world to come. I want to talk to you this morning about the state of our union. The troubling that Pharaoh saw was a picture of world leaders. 
the troubling began to cause men to pause and reflect and remember where they had been at times prior. We find that God used this to bring about the release of his man, Joseph, that he had ordained for that time and that season. Joseph was released from bondage and given a voice in Egypt. And it was not just any voice, but it was a voice of power and it was a voice of authority. The troubling produced an opportunity. And the opportunity was given so that God could bring about what he desired to do in that season and in that moment. Uh, we today find ourselves in a very unique place. We could talk about it in this manner. Much like the Church of Asia Minor, one of the seven that is called the Laodicean Church. They simply said this, that we are increased with goods and have need of nothing. But the Lord said, don't you understand that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're naked, you're blind. He said, listen, you've got to get to this. You've got to get a place where, you're, where you get counsel, where you begin to awaken and that you be zealous and that you repent because I come quickly. Notice, we are in a place today right now where I believe, and you can do whatever you want to with this this morning. This is not a political message, so do not read into it in that manner. We find that in the year 2016, 15 and 16, the, but the election of 2016 was the birthing of a troubling in America. We find it was a time that had been developing in the darkness, in the womb, so to speak, uh, and it is not about a man, even though they say they hate him and they do, and whether you voted for him or not does not matter to me. But the reality is God saw fit for that man to be positioned and placed in office. Uh, and we find uh, that the election of 2016 is not about that man, uh, but it is about uh, a halting of what evil was doing without any resistance at all. We find that because of this, there was a birthing of a troubling. The troubling then, uh, men have been trying to analyze the meaning of why this happened uh, and they've not been able to come to the conclusion. Uh, it has caused some men, however, uh, in the midst of this troubling, uh, it has caused some men to come to a place where they've been to stop and pause and reflect uh, on where they have been. Where was they? Uh, there was a time when they was in the presence uh, of men of God. And therefore, uh, they have now begun to call on men of God. And we find for the first time uh, in many, many years in this nation, uh, the house of this nation uh, has an open door uh, for men and women of faith. It's very important. Uh, and it has caused some men to turn uh, to the leaders of the church uh, looking for answers. Uh, and because of that, in this season, revelation knowledge has now been made known uh, to men and women that have given themselves to prayer and fasting. Uh, and it has now been given to them to proclaim uh, the word of the Lord uh, concerning where we are. You may ask where we are this morning. I will tell you my opinion this morning uh, concerning uh, what is about to take place. I believe this morning since the year 2016 it has been a time of extended favor. What do I mean by that uh, is I believe that it is a time uh, that has been extended favor by God himself and we do still have a few years of that favor because of 2 Chronicles 7.14. Men and women have begun to pray and they have uh, begun to humble themselves before the Lord and that is continuing today. 
But however this morning, I will say that our attitude towards this present season must be one uh, of great sensitivity. Uh, There must be an awakening towards spiritual things in this hour. I believe uh, this morning that much like we find when Joseph began to bring revelation knowledge to the Pharaoh in Genesis 41, uh, we are in a time uh, of blessing. We're in a time of increase. We're in a time of plenty. Uh, our economy is something that is, uh, is envied by the world. We find that there is great increase. Men and women are doing well in the natural realm. And I believe that that is something that God has allowed and ordained. The reason for it is not for you and I to pat our pockets and to be selfish, uh, but it is to prepare our house for that which is getting ready to come. I know this isn't popular this morning and you'd like to be shouting and running the aisles, but I'm going to tell you today, just like there is in the the natural, and I've said this before, there is spring, there's summer, there's fall, there's winter. In the spiritual realm, there is spring, there's summer, there's fall, there's winter, but there's also a fifth season in the spiritual realm, and it is called the due season. Uh, The due season is when God sees fit uh, to step down and to step into the situations, uh, and he can favor man, uh, or he can bring judgment upon man. Uh, And in this season, uh, we are experiencing a due season as a nation. Uh, We are experiencing increase. Uh, Men and women are working. They're making more money. Uh, They have opportunity. And that is wonderful. And we celebrate that this morning. But in this due season, we must understand uh, that it is a season. It does not last forever. Uh, And therefore, uh, we are experiencing uh, something uh, that we need to be sensitive of and understand the purpose of it. Uh, The purpose of it uh, is for you and I to prepare our families uh, and our homes uh, and our communities the best way that we can uh, for what's about to take place because just like uh, there was seven years uh, of plenty uh, then uh, there was followed by a drastic change. Uh, That drastic change uh, was seven years of famine. Uh, We today need to understand and I heard the Lord put this in my spirit and I am very heavy this morning delivering what I'm delivering because I'd like to be talking about something else Uh, but we are on the brink of a night season or a winter season in this nation. Uh, I do not say that to alarm you, uh, but I believe much like there was seven years of famine in the days of Joseph and the days of the Pharaoh, uh, we are on the brink uh, of seven years uh, uh, and maybe longer of a time uh, of our core values are going to be strategically attacked in a in a manner that is greater than we have ever seen. Uh, some of the things that the Lord has put in my spirit in the last uh, 48 hours concerning where we are and where we are going forward. I heard the Lord say that after this window of opportunity uh, comes to a close, uh, and I'm not going to put dates on it, uh, but this is what God showed me. You can write it down and you can hold me accountable to it, uh, but I believe that where we are right now uh, is an opportune time for us uh, to be wise uh, with what we do, not just spiritually, uh, but I believe financially. Uh, I believe, uh, can I just insert this this morning? Uh, if you have the 
ability. Uh, you need to do all that you can uh, to get yourself financially independent. Uh, and that's all I'll say about it. I could say a lot. Uh, but this morning, uh, you need to understand that we are on the brink uh, of something drastically changing. What's it going to look like? Uh, I, I don't know all of the details, but I do know this, uh, that our world uh, is in a place uh, that we need to understand uh, that as America's going to go, so will the rest of the world concerning a lot of things. Uh, but there are those in this nation uh, that is in places of power and positions of authority that hates this nation, and they hate the fact that you and I are even sitting in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, but I find that after this season, I believe we have a few years. I believe there's a, uh, I believe roughly, I'm not locking this down, but I believe we have about a four-year window of opportunity still where God is favoring and God is going to do some amazing things. Meaning this, uh, that we have four years uh, of really good daytime work time where we can reap the harvest, where we can reach our family, uh, where we can experience revival fire in this nation. Uh, but I believe after that, uh, there is something that changes. There's, uh, there, there's sudden events that begin to take place uh, and it is going to bring an attack on these things that we need to be aware of. Number one, faith is getting ready to be persecuted uh, in this nation uh, and the local church will face violence uh, from many uh, in a manner that they've never experienced before. Much of this violence uh, will be brought about by new laws that will be passed and brought in to silence uh, the work of the local church. Uh, we need to understand that the persecution that we see in other places uh, that we said would never come to this nation, uh, it is on the brink of coming uh, in this new night season that's coming. Uh, we find secondly that the traditional family uh, is getting ready to experience and be deemed uh, as a danger to society. Uh, that the attempts to separate what God has ordained uh, is going to be severe. Uh, what you and I celebrate today uh, is something uh, that is going to be looked upon in a threatening manner. Uh, thirdly, this morning, uh, liberty will be strategically attacked. Uh, and there are parts of our Constitution that is going to greatly be, be greatly infringed upon. Uh, and a couple of those, I believe, are very obvious. Religious liberty and freedom, but also the Second Amendment. Let me say concerning this, what I've seen in the Spirit concerning this in recent days is the Lord said that there is going to be become much wiser and they're going to realize the tactics that they're using is not going to be able to get the job done, but there will be an attempt uh, in a very unthreatening manner uh, to begin to strip the Constitution of these key amendments. Uh, and I, therefore, that's why we are to be uh, wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Please hear me. It will be done in a manner where people will buy into it in such a manner as other nations have and the results of it will not be very good. We find that violence is going to be allowed to become the, the unmanageable in certain areas uh, because there is an agenda behind it. Uh, we find that sexual misconduct is going to be accepted and it is going to be celebrated uh, by many. The vile appetite of evil uh, is going to prey upon the innocent uh, in such a manner that we have never known. And that which has been done in darkness uh, is getting ready to be brought to the platform 
platform and it is going to become main stage in America. Much of what we saw in history in the temple of Diana and others uh, is going to be on display in this nation. Uh, something in the future, the economy, the economics of it is going to experience a sudden disruption uh, and this will cause a panic. Uh, this panic then will trigger a wave of violence uh, that will lead to bodies laid in the streets. Uh, I believe it leads to the prophecy that David Wilkerson uh, wrote about where he saw men and women as cordwood stacked into the streets. Uh, this will happen in some of the most prominent cities uh, of our land. Uh, ministries is getting ready to be removed from the landscape. Uh, the, temp, uh, the, 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 the steeples on top of uh, houses of worship is going to be removed. Uh, half moons will be installed uh, and it will be embraced and celebrated. Uh, certain denominations are going to come together uh, and they will begin to work uh, with one another uh, with those in positions of power uh, and there will be a government controlled place of worship uh, and it will be built in a manner uh, to replace the genuine church it will not happen uh, but it will be strive for but the true church will still be effective uh, this will be promoted by men of influence those that are standing under the cross today will no longer be standing under the cross uh, but they will be standing under other umbrellas uh, and emblems because they will be deceived. Uh, but in this season, God is going to have a Joseph. Uh, this morning, uh, it is not all doom and gloom, uh, but the people of God must understand uh, that will be brought to a place where they will must uh, and totally have to depend upon him and him alone. Uh, the church must awaken in this hour because hear me today, uh, we will not always have the opportunity to work, uh, but there is a day that is coming where men will not have the opportunity to do what needs to be done. Uh, our hope this morning is not in men, uh, but our hope is in uh, Christ Jesus. Uh, hear the word of the Lord today. We have been called uh, by righteousness, uh, and he desires to hold our hand, uh, and he says he will keep us. Uh, but this morning, uh, there is new things that he's declaring, uh, and these new things are not just uh, fame and fortune uh, and all of the good things that make you have goosebumps run up and down your spine. Uh, because, hear me today, uh, if he does not bring judgment, uh, then he would have to repent for every other nation that he has judged. Uh, if he is going to allow us to get a free pass, uh, then why would he ever destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Why is it that he would allow the flood to come? Uh, why is it that other cities was destroyed because of wickedness? Uh, can I tell you, uh, the only thing that can hinder or delay this uh, is simply if men and women of faith uh, will continue to pray. Uh, there is no escaping uh, the wrath of God. I do not say that in mean spirits this morning. Uh, but I stand here to tell you uh, that you and I can bury our head in the sand and say everything's going to be wonderful. Uh, or we can be real with ourselves and realize uh, that the state of our union uh, is a state that is displeasing uh, that is not following God. Uh, it is a state that makes us uh, be something uh, that he is not well pleased with. Uh, now, I believe that there's a remnant of God's people uh, that's about to encounter uh, a, 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 a fresh fire and a fresh impartation of Holy Spirit. Uh, but God is not giving us that uh, just so we can come to the house of God uh, one, two, or three times a week. Uh, but listen, there's a world outside these walls uh, that is dying and going to hell. 
hell. Uh, and there is an increase of evilness and a release of wickedness uh, that will be permitted in the very near future. Uh, and it will bring havoc on innocent lives and men, women, and children. And if you and I do not reach them now, uh, then it is going to be our responsibility uh, to answer uh, before him why we did not think it was important uh, to be the hands and feet and to be the ambassadors uh, that he's called us to be. Uh, on this Sunday morning at the beginning of a brand new year, uh, can I tell you, uh, we have got to awaken and we have to realize this morning uh, that there is a call that is going forth. Uh, it is a Claritin call of God's people of saying awaken and arise and be found faithful uh, listen uh, it is not enough to sing a song uh, it's not enough to hear a message uh, if we can still stay in here and sing songs uh, our children are still being abducted uh, while we stand here and hear a message uh, our children are still being overran by evil uh, listen uh, there is a generation uh, that right now uh, 66% of them say uh, nobody loves me nobody cares about my future uh, and that's why they're going into the closets and into the bathrooms uh, and they're cutting themselves uh, and they're saying I, at 17 years old uh, I don't have anything to live for uh, that's why in this nation uh, in recent days uh, there was a fourth grader that walked into our class uh, into the bathroom at her school and hung herself and died uh, because why uh, is because we have become religious uh, instead of men and women that walk with relationship uh, listen uh, we need somebody that will be a man of God and a woman of God uh, that will rescue a generation. Uh, listen, uh, we need somebody that once again uh, can read our mail by the sensitivity and the revelation knowledge of Holy Spirit uh, that's got the backbone enough to walk up to a generation uh, and say, God's not pleased uh, and God will not ignore. Uh, listen, uh, I'm not here this morning to bring you down, uh, but I'm here to tell you uh, your comfort that you're enjoying right now uh, isn't going to last forever. Uh, and just because it's not at your house today uh, doesn't mean it won't be there by nightfall. Uh, but listen, my friend, uh, the state of our union uh, has got to be exposed uh, and we are sinful uh, and we are displeasing. Uh, and I'm I'm not just talking about those out there but I'm talking about those of us in here we are in a place of apathy and we must awaken and realize that God has called us for such a time as this so you're going to have to make a decision who will you serve the carnal man or the God that is able to deliver your soul from hell this morning, this morning, the former things are come and gone. You can visit them and you can celebrate them. But they've done been here and now it's over. But God says, new things do I declare. What does he declare? Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. What does he declare? Those that will love me, those that will follow me. He says, I'll take your hand and I'll keep you and I'll make covenant with you and, and, and I won't leave you, but I'll also show you things that I am getting ready to do. Why would he do that? 
It's because of a father's love. He does not want you to fall into a mind that has been created by our adversary, but he wants to give you the direction and the knowledge to navigate through the minefields of this day. Can I tell you, not everything that he's getting ready to do is going to be lovely things. But he holds us accountable. But he says, before they spring forth, I will tell you why. It's because of this simple fact. He wants to sustain his own and he wants to protect his own. Why is it that all of the troubling that you read of in Genesis 41... All of the things that he was getting ready to do, why did he let it be known to Pharaoh? It was because it was positioning a Joseph to become someone that was positioned for the saving of his people. Now, if you look at the life of Joseph, at the age of 30, He's called to come and stand before the Pharaoh and he says, I can't tell you anything, but God can reveal it to you. And he says, by the way, if you read all 41, he says, you need to pick out a wise man, an understanding man, and you need to give him a place of authority and you need to let him take advantage of these seven years of plenty, lay up, prepare for that time that dark season that's coming. and Pharaoh said, who's a wiser man than you in all of Egypt? And He said this, you're the man. And he took his ring off and he put it on his hand and he said, you're second in command. Nothing happens in this land unless you say it does. Think about it. In the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of this troubling, there are those today that think that they're in control. But I believe that there's a remnant of God's people that's getting ready to be endued with authority and power in such a manner that there's some things that's not going to be allowed to take place unless God's people speak the words of release over it. When I'm talking about God's people, I'm talking about men and women just like you and I. That's why we must be men and women that doesn't just say we have faith, but we have to be men and women that put feet to our faith. That's why we must not just visit times of prayer and fasting, but we must live a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. James says this, and I'm closing this morning. He says, when a man knows to do right and he chooses not to do it, it becomes a sin unto him. We know this morning that God does not accept sin. If he did, he would not have sent his son to die the gruesome death that he did on our behalf. So today, while we're sitting in a place where things are well, what are we doing to rescue a generation that God has entrusted us with? Every one of us in this room has been affected 
in some way, shape, or form, and some more so than others. But every one of us in this room has been affected by the state of this union. Whether it be through alcohol, whether it be through drugs, whether it be through suicide, whether it be through trafficking. And those are just a few things that we name today. But this morning, this is not fairy tale stuff, but this is real life. Men and women are living it every day. And the enemy is doing everything in his power to get the church removed from the landscape and done a pretty good job at it in recent years because it's pretty much boarded up and closed up six of the seven days of the week in this nation. There has to be a change. The troubling brought about a release to Joseph who had found himself in prison for two years after he had gave revelation to the chief butler. Forgot about him, but for two years he had been in prison. But after two years, in a moment of time, in just a moment, Joseph was taken from the shadows and was given a ring of authority and was given a position of power and a voice to be reckoned with all because God ordained in that moment of time and we find that when you look at that season they laid up everything laid up everything and for seven years just kept feeling and feeling and feeling then after seven years, the rain stopped. Things began to die. And everything became barren. And the known world at that time was in a state of want. People was dying of starvation and hunger. But Joseph, his family, they heard that there was bread in Egypt. And his father, who for 30-something years thought he was dead, sent his brothers to stand before a man in Egypt. And we find that they were sustained, but then they were transplanted into a place in Egypt called Goshen, where there was more than enough. I believe that in the midst of all of the darkness, that there is an opportunity for there to be a transplanting of men and women into a spiritual Goshen where they can experience more than enough while the world is going crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. I believe there's a remnant of God's people that will experience the blessing and the favor of God. But notice this. It will be the remnant. The true church of Jesus Christ. That is following after him. As they come to the music this morning.
everything that I said is this. This morning can be summed up. This is what I sense in my spirit. God is desiring to raise up some Josephs. The question is, will you be one? Will I be one? Think about this. A man that was in prison, a man that's in a foreign land, goes and stands before a king, a pharaoh, and says, Thus saith the word of the Lord. Are you and I this morning bold enough, willing enough to go stand to those wherever God may lead and stand and say that this is what the word of the Lord says? You see, our, our families are under great attack. You may not realize it this morning, but the enemy desires to sift your children and destroy them. You may not understand it this morning, but, and you may not even see it or sense it, but there's an enemy that's working in a very strategic manner to undermine your marriage, to destroy your house. There's an enemy that's plotting to try to bring disruption to your business to everything that you're involved in. But there's a God that says, I'll hold your hand and I'll keep you and I'll make covenant with you. But he also says, I'm a God that will declare to you some things so that you'll know how to navigate and, and move. I wish I could stand here today and tell you that from this day forward till Jesus comes, everything you touch is just going to be, not going to have any resistance and the enemy's just going to run away every time he sees you and, and you're just going to have, you're going to have the most beautiful roses in your life that you've ever had. I wish I could tell you that. But it's not true. But there's a real enemy. The mind of man has become so contaminated that they love darkness more than they do light. And we find ourselves in a real war. Somebody's going to have to be willing just to stand and take their place and say, Devil, not here, not today. Not my, not my marriage, not my children, not my community, not my church. It may cost us everything, but it'll be worth it. Today, I, I love this nation that we call home. I've traveled many places, and I think I'll continue to call this home. But there is some things in our future that aren't glamorous, that's not pretty. And the hearts of men will not be able to stand what they see and experience.
without Jesus. So what are you and what am I going to do to give this world Jesus? Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. But what are we willing to do today? Are we willing to step from our place of comfort? Because it's pretty comfortable here. We're amongst brothers and sisters, amongst friends, amongst family. Pretty comfortable here. Not much threatening here. But what about out there? Are we willing to go look death in the eye? Are we willing to go look at evil? Stand toe-to-toe with it and decree and declare that Jesus is Lord. Are we really willing? Are we willing to cancel the trip to the lake house to go to Skid Row to love on people? Are we willing to upset our lives so that the lives of others can be saved? Are we willing to position ourselves in a manner that God looks down and says, I can trust them. And he begins to send the hurting, the broken, the most vile. Or are we just going to go through the same thing and hope for a different result and continue to bury a generation? continue to talk about revivals of yesterday or will we become men and women put on the whole armor of God and go fight even if we can just get one more this morning have an opportunity to touch a generation let's don't waste it I read a study this week why is our 18 year olds fleeing the house of the Lord it might surprise you the number one reason they're leaving the church why they're leaving the youth group why they're leaving is because the experience that they have been given is too shallow doesn't have meaning to it It, they've not really been exposed or experienced the depths of who God really is how many is willing to take them to a deeper place that's why it touched my heart this morning when I seen young ladies responding tears in their eyes and seeing others kneel behind them and pray can I tell you that cannot be occasionally that it has to be continually there is strength that you and I can experience when we gather at an altar but there is strength 
that we can experience when we gather at the altar together that cannot be described. And until we begin to gather there again, we will never move out there again. If I want to impact out there, I have to be impacted here. There is no political party, there is no politician, there is no election cycle that will fix the state of this union. The only thing that will reverse or delay what is on the brink of this nation is the prayers of the saints where God says, I've seen their heart and I've seen their willingness to walk in obedience and I will allow there to be a stay. Jonah, go to Nineveh. I'm not going to Nineveh. They're vile people. I hate those people. They've done your people wrong. I am not going. But in the belly of hell, imprisoned, three days, he cried out, God, forgive me. And when he was spewed out on the banks of the river, God says, go to Nineveh. He walks into Nineveh and begins to preach the word of the Lord, the word that was given him by God. That city repented and they were spared. If you want something to be different, we must repent and we must begin to walk in obedience and we must be willing to speak the word. Is that something you and I are willing to do today? I pray it is. As we stand all over the house this morning, I've delivered my heart this morning and I I told you from the beginning it was not a conventional or traditional message I do not stand before you as someone with a label or a title I don't stand before you as a scholar I don't stand before you self-proclaiming to be anyone or anything But I stand before you this morning simply as a man spending time alone with God that has been challenged and stretched every day of my life in areas and places that I never thought that I could be stretched. I would have loved to trade places with any of you this morning. You all could have stood here and shared what I shared today because I know that it's not something that's embraced I know it's something that nobody wants to experience and accept but the truth of God is the only truth that will truly set us free
And whether we understand it or not today, the church in America finds itself enslaved and in bondage and in strongholds because of false teaching and false doctrine and because of lies and manipulation. But there is only one thing that brings true freedom. It's not intellect, it's not entertainment, it's not methods. It is the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. And until we walk in freedom, we can never be that freedom for someone else. So this morning, Sister Melissa ministers in song. I'm just going to call us to a place of prayer today. I know you have a heart for God. I know you have a heart for your family. I know you have a heart for this community. And I know you love your country. I'm not questioning any of those things. But there comes a time where you have to do more than just have a heart for it. But you have to begin to fight for it. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. So I'm going to ask, is there anybody that's willing to join me this morning? Is there anybody this morning that's willing to make war on the floor with me this morning? For our nation, for our families, for our community, and for our children. Listen, I'll be meeting with a 17-year-old boy this week. It's very close. It's very close said life wasn't worth living he was rescued this time but what about the next time if somebody doesn't get to him in the last 28 seconds life was lost last 15 seconds another life was lost because of something else the list goes on and on and on this morning is it important enough for you to lay aside your agenda and to become a radical follower for Jesus just asking this morning let's pray together today God bless you as you come